G'day and welcome to Pello Talk. I'm Dave Pello, and today we've got a great conversation with a great man. Uh, he, uh, you know, I've just made this up. I haven't heard him called this by anybody else, but I think it's fair to call him Mr. Pro-Life, Australia's Mr. Pro-Life. Uh, so um, he has a long history of standing up for the unborn and perhaps most significantly recently, he has been identified uh, by the Liberal Party as persona non grata, somebody who needs to be kicked out of the uh, Victorian Liberal Party, uh, excommunicated entirely, because he is pro-life, because he prayed for an end to abortion. The audacity. How dare a right-thinking, modern, moral Australian uh, care about the industrialised child sacrifice that's going on in this nation? That was something the Victorian Liberal Party and its leader, Matthew Guy, found contemptible. So uh, we'll be having a conversation with him. And of course, he's got a very long history leading up to that uh, as uh, the chairman of the March for Life in Victoria, which uh, even went through a few years where uh, the counter-protesters were virtually encouraged by Victoria Police to the point that they were assaulting this member of parliament, Bernie Finn, um, and, and stomping on other people who they knocked to the ground and the police stood back and watched. They watched it. It was absolutely appalling encouragement of violence and domestic terrorism, uh, the suppression of free speech um, by agents of evil in our nation. And that's not overstating things at all. That's exactly what they are. Uh, free speech is wonderful and if you apply for a protest, a permit to protest, you should be allowed to do that unfettered by other people. If they want to do a counter-protest, you can bet your bottom dollar they didn't apply for a permit and they didn't follow the rules uh, and their only goal wasn't to express their opinion but to suffocate and stifle somebody else's opinion. And that's exactly what we're seeing around the internet and around America tonight as uh, violence spills out into the streets, as people are raiding uh, and and uh, attacking Capitol buildings elsewhere, um, they are doing so to suppress free speech, to overturn the uh, legitimate and valid decision of this highest court of the land in the United States. Um, so it's uh, with great excitement that uh, we're going to talk about how Bernie Finn, MP, was kicked out of the... Oh, we're not excited that he was kicked out, but I'm excited to be talking with Bernie Finn about the fact that uh, he was kicked out of the Liberal Party. We're going to talk about his new party, the Democratic Labor Party, and we're also going to be talking about abortion in general, specifically this week, in the light of the recent overturning of the Roe v. Wade decision. But uh, that's it for the introduction. Let's um, have a quick uh, intro video, and then we will uh, be saying g'day to Bernie. May all that you stand for and that we stand for be preserved under the providence of God for the happiness of mankind. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machines. But it is the values of individual liberty, equality before the law and the supremacy of people over the state to which we can always with confidence return as a powerful and uniting force. Australia is not a secular country. It is a free country. Bernie, welcome to Pello Talk. Uh, I guess a number of minor right-wing parties would have been excitedly approaching you as it became clear the writing was on the wall. Um, uh, welcome to the show. G'day, Dave. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for uh, the invitation. It's a, it's a delight to be here. And you, you're right. Um, Ever since I crossed the floor in February last year uh, to vote against the uh, conversion therapy bill, which is a shocking piece of legislation, um, I've been approached by a number of parties. Uh, and certainly since uh, the, uh, the Liberal Party threw me out uh, about a month ago, um, I was approached uh, by a few more. Uh, so I, uh, I had to make a decision um, relatively quickly. I, I didn't want it to, uh, to fester. Uh, so I decided that I would join uh, a party that I'd been a, a member of uh, many, many years ago. I joined when I was 13 years of age. 
Uh, they, they bent the rules for me, which is very decent of them. Um, <laughs> and that was the, uh, the DLP, the Democratic Labor Party. And, uh, and I'm delighted to, uh, to be in the DLP now with some really, really great people. And uh, I'm getting uh, some support that, um, well, I was, I was starting to think didn't exist anymore. <laughs> but, uh, oh, wow. but it does. And uh, it, it really is uh, a delight to be in the DLP now with, with like-minded people yeah. uh, and people who, uh, who want to do the same things that I do. Yeah, fantastic. We'll talk about the DLP towards the end of the uh, the hour or, or so that we may have today, um, and uh, and soon we will come to the Roe v. Wade discussion and, and maybe the abortion topic generally. But let's talk about uh, a dog returning to its vomit uh, and uh, the re-election by the Victorian Liberal Party of the losing uh, opposition leader, Matthew Guy, uh, to take them to another election with what seems to be an inevitable uh, annihilation. What on earth is the Victorian Liberal Party thinking with that wet sock? Well, I, Dave, I honestly don't know. It absolutely bewildered me at the time. I've thought about it long and hard since, and I, for the life of me, can't work it out. Uh, it, make, it makes no sense at all. Now, granted, you know, Michael O'Brien, who is a very decent, honourable, uh, and, and somebody with substance, is the, the former leader, uh, and he didn't seem to be getting anywhere, according to some. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he gave us a reason. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, he gave us a reason to, um, to exist, to, 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 to think that we, uh, we, had, we had a reason to, to keep going. Um, since Matthew has taken over, um, all logic has gone out the window. Um, we don't know where we stand. Well, sorry, I've, I've got to stop saying we. Uh, you've got to realise that after 41 years... Um, the habit is ingrained. <laughs> it, it is It is very ingrained. I've been, a, you know, I was a member of the Liberal Party for 41 years, so uh, 41 and a bit years, actually. So um, it's a bit difficult for me to... Um, uh, to to drop the we so, as, as automatically okay. as, as I would like. Uh, You've got to get the right pronouns, uh, Bernie. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> the, the, um, the, the Liberal Party in Victoria, unfortunately, has um, has lost its way. Uh, I don't know what it believes in. It doesn't know what it believes in. It doesn't know what it stands for. Uh, and it seems to be um, whatever Matthew and his small group of, uh, of, of uh, minions uh, who are gathered around him uh, think on any given day, that's yeah. what the Liberal Party believes in. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's just tragic. Uh, you know, the, the people that I feel sorry for are the, the rank and file of the party, most of whom are good, solid Conservatives. Yeah. And uh, they're looking at what's happening in Spring Street now and they're saying, what is going on here? You know, yeah. what, what, is our, what is our leader doing? Uh, yeah. And um, I think that's a very good question. Now, we've, we've had, um, I mean, let, let's start with the last Victorian election <clears throat> three years ago, an absolute trouncing of the yep. Victorian Liberal Party at the election by Despot Dan. Uh, and this was all before COVID. Uh, yes, then, we, then we had uh, the West Australian election and the West Australian Liberal Party absolutely eviscerated uh, by another authoritarian despot over there, Mark McGowan. Uh, Zach Kirkup shown the door, um, kicked out, uh, dust on his butt, and, I mean, they blamed it on conservatives and Christians when the fact is that the policies and, and, uh, and ideas that they took to the election were far left, uh, climate alarmist, uh, woke nonsense. It was that, it was those issues which they campaigned well, well, it was Dave, it was interesting in WA, uh, even Mark McGowan went for the Liberal voters on the basis that he was more conservative than the Liberals. Uh, and it worked. It worked. Uh, and I, I look, I, I don't understand what happened over there. Uh, it just seemed insane. Um, and I know, you know, some, some really, really good people in the Liberal Party in, in WA or who were in the Liberal Party in WA. Uh, and uh, to, to see them suffering in the way that they were and, yep. and some of them lost their seats, many of them lost their seats. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a tragedy. Uh, it was a tragedy. And uh, where that leaves the Liberal Party in WA now, uh, I don't know. It, it would appear to me um, to be almost a lost cause. Uh, it's, it it's does seem it does tragic. seem like uh, they should be rebuilding from the ground up. Uh, mm. But part of a broad uh, picture leading back to the uh, Victorian election again at the end of this year, uh, we have the South Australian uh, state election, where this time an incumbent Liberal government was the party which uh, legislated abortion and euthanasia and prostitution 
and and this this leftist agenda, this objectively leftist agenda, and again, uh, that is not a winning strategy. Proven time and time again, they were kicked out and disgraced and and lost power completely for a Labor premier who ostensibly, again, probably appeared more conservative than the uh, liberal option for for premier in South Australia. Uh, and although, if you know, I, if, if I'd been in, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> if I'd been in WA or sorry, South Australia uh, during that election campaign, I don't know um, who I would have voted, voted for. Mm. I really don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't. <coughs> I couldn't have voted for Steve Marshall. Um, and uh, I really don't think that um, there are a lot of people in, in the in South Australia conservatives felt the same way. Exactly right. Now I. <coughs> I think I'm coincidentally conservative most of the time. I, I certainly prefer the Liberal Party to be in government over the Labor Party sentimentally, um, but I refuse to be partisan. I refuse to be partisan and, and give any person or party my blind loyalty. I will always go to every election um, as an undecided voter and I will then make a decision based on the merits of the parties, the platforms, and the people in the electorates that are asking for my vote personally. Well, and Dave, I wish everybody did that. I really do, uh, because we have had, you know, years and years and years here in Victoria of some sections, uh, you know, just being owned by the Labor Party or being owned by the Liberal Party, and that is yep. not good for anyone. Uh, no. It's not good uh, for, for their voters in particular, it's not good for their constituents, uh, because yeah. particularly here in the western suburbs of Melbourne uh, that I represent, a uh, very strong Labor area, and the Labor Party have taken uh, the west of Melbourne for granted for uh, decades, for decades, uh, and, and they treat us abominably, just appallingly. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad, uh, Dave, that you feel that way about it, and uh, I urge uh, your viewers to start feeling the same way, because being welded on uh, to one of the major parties uh, is not a great idea. It's not, it's not good um, for voters. It's not good for the system. It's not good for the state or the nation. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I commend you on what, what, you are, what you're saying because I think uh, that's something that everybody should take up. I think it's very comparable to um, loving your children. Uh, so I, I love and don't over, I don't want to over metaphor the, the love I have for a party, but um, it, it, to a lesser extent, uh, actually, let me just get this clear. Loving my children doesn't mean I don't discipline them, doesn't mean there are no consequences yeah. when they really, really do wrong uh, by me or by their mother or by the world. Um, now, that then means uh, that when I love my party, if I want the Liberal Party to be in government and succeed, it would be equally hateful and negligent to say to my party, whatever you do, I will always reward you. I will yes. always fund you. I yes. will always subsidise you. I will always meet every one of your needs and ask nothing of you in return. That is hateful and that will spoil yep. a child just like it will spoil a political party. Uh, and so yeah, out of love for the parties, out of love for the parties, we should be prepared to say to them, you've lost my vote, you're going to go to the naughty corner and get some time out until you put some candidates up who are going to uphold the values that we love as a nation and as uh, right-thinking people. Well, I have to say, Dave, after my recent experience, it's very hard for me to say that I love any political party, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, principle must come before all else. Yeah. Uh, and if you are prepared to stand up and support a principle, you will vote for the party that believes in the same principles, uh, irrespective yeah. of whether they be Liberal, Labor, DLP, whatever they might be, uh, you will support the party that has the, the same principles that you do. Uh, if you don't, you're just failing yourself. I mean, if yeah. you're voting for a, a party and you continue to vote for a party uh, that doesn't believe in the things that you do, um, I've got to wonder about your sanity. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that seems to be just pretty weird. Uh, I, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we live in a democracy. We, we are so fortunate to live in a democracy where we have a right to vote. Why would you waste it in that way? You know, let's find out yeah. what people stand for. Let's find out what, uh, what uh, political parties uh, stand for. And then, and then we decide which way we're going to vote. Uh, not, not go in thinking, well, we're going to vote Labor or we're going to vote Liberal. It doesn't matter what they say or they do, mm. uh, you know. And, and it's good to see in the last uh, federal election, um, 
normally it would be about 40, 40, 40, 20, uh, as in 40, 40 would say Liberal or Labor and 20 somewhere in the middle. We're now yep. down to 30, 30, uh, 40. Uh, yeah. and, and that thing, that is a very good thing, I think, for Australia. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, and, you know, the reason people are afraid to uh, vote any different way is because the thing they fear the most, I think, is not the thing they should fear the most. The thing they fear the most is a McGowan government, uh, yeah. a Labor government in, in South Australia, I can't remember the new Premier's name, or an Albanese government. They think that is the worst thing possible. But I think the behaviour that we've seen by rusted on voters over the last decades in Australia, I think it's fair to say since John Howard, mm. um, people have have said, I'm going to vote for the Liberal Party no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and we see Mark Texter, the Liberal lobbyist and strategist, basically saying at uh, an election, several elections ago, uh, that we right-thinking people have nowhere else to go. Uh, and and what that has done is is spoiled the Liberal Party, uh, and now we have a Liberal Party who will uh, legalise abortion, legalise euthanasia, legalise prostitution, and kick Bernie Finn out of the party for being too conservative, too Christian, and too concerned about the uh, fatalities of children in his state before they're even born. Yeah. That. I think is something to fear more than a temporary labor gover labor yeah. government. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm desperately keen to get rid of Andrews of, of Victoria. He has been a disaster as premier. Uh, he has destroyed the place. Um, he was the health minister when uh, when uh, Victoria legalized abortion until birth. Um, he's uh, legalized uh, euthanasia. Um, there's there's nothing, and and what he's done to to kids in classrooms with some of the um, uh, the, the, the really weirdo ideologies that he's that he's pushing uh, is just horrifying. So I'm I'm desperately keen um, to get rid of Daniel Andrews. But but how does anybody vote for a party um, that that looks to, at conservatives and says we don't want you? Because that's what Matthew Guy did. He he said to every conservative in Victoria, we don't want you, we don't agree with you, and uh, you know go away, go away, basically. So how on how can we possibly vote? Um, for for somebody who does that, uh, it's it's you know it's it's between a rock and a hard place. I tell you what, uh, but I'm very glad that that uh, that I, I found a home where I have. Yes, we'll talk about uh, the DLP uh, soon. Um, right now, uh, just a little note to the viewers: uh, the video is about to end. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube uh, now, live viewers, uh, we're going to you're going to be able to stick with us for the whole hour. But if you're watching this after the fact later, let me encourage you to head over to the website, goodsource.news, where the Rumble video at full length and without censorship will be embedded in the, uh, in the website post on goodsource.news. Uh, the reason we do that is because we're about to head into dangerous territory where big tech loves to censor, loves to deplatform and cancel. So we're just not going to give them the opportunity and we're certainly not going to give them the advertising revenue from ads they might be able to show for the rest of the hour. So head over to goodsource.news right now and uh, look for the episode of Pillow Talk with Bernie Finn. Um, if you're watching this uh, very close to the date that it's being recorded at the end of June, it'll be near the top and easy to find. Um, but thank you for watching on Facebook and YouTube, and uh, we'll see you for the rest of the gloriously uncensored, detailed conversation about the Supreme Court of the United States and the upcoming Victorian election uh, in, in Australia. So uh, thanks for watching and we will see you there. Well, Bernie, let's switch the conversation now to uh, the Supreme Court decision. Uh, we can talk about abortion generally and, and the crazy argument you and I have seen on, uh, on uh, and, and I guess everybody watching has probably seen on social media since the Supreme Court overturned this decision. but. Uh, just explain for those people who are watching um, and, and maybe have been living under a rock exactly what happened when the Supreme Court of the United States overturned Roe v. Wade and the Casey decision in uh, this past week. Well, Dave, I was uh, very early on uh, on uh, Saturday morning. I just watched a couple of football games, and uh, I was uh, was sitting uh, watching uh, uh, Sky News. I thought I'd turn over and see what had happened. And Sky News flashed the the news that um, Roe v. Wade had been overturned. 
Uh, and my immediate reaction was, thank you, God. I was just overwhelmed with joy uh, because I know how hard so many people have been working for so long uh, across the United States to overturn this, uh, this appalling decision. Because what this decision did was to give um, uh, people across the US, women across the US, uh, the right to kill their children. Uh, and that is something that I don't believe is in the Constitution of the US. And uh, certainly uh, we now know uh, is not in the in the Constitution uh, of the US. So what the um, uh, what the Supreme Court justices uh, have done is to uh, send uh, abortion decision uh, back to uh, the various states. Uh, it, it will not be a blanket call across the across America. Uh, it will be decided state by state. Uh, and already there are some uh, there are some states, and I know Texas is one of them, um, who have have banned abortion. There are, I think, another six or seven that have done that as well, and another, well, quite a few others who are who are preparing uh, to do that. So that that's quite exciting. But in those areas that um, um, that have uh, uh, liberal governments, uh, Democrat governments, if you will, uh, places like New York, California. Uh, Washington, those sorts of places, I would imagine that, that abortion will remain, sadly, uh, readily available and um, more babies will be killed uh, in, uh, in uh, those places. So, you know, th this is not a, a blanket ban on abortion. Uh, this does not um, uh, protect every baby in the United States. I wish it did, but it doesn't. Uh, and uh, I, I can I just say, I, I think the, um, the courage of those justices of the, of the, of the Supreme Court um, who made that decision um, is just extraordinary. I mean, we, we already had one uh, justice who uh, had his home broken into uh, by a potential assassin. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the violence that was threatened, um, yes. they, they were all aware of that. I mean, that that is gutsy. That is really gutsy what they did. And, you know, their, their courage uh, is something that, that inspires me um, to, to keep going as well. Yeah, good on you. And and thank you for your courage. Um, uh, I actually just want to take a small segue. Can you tell me about the time uh, yeah. you were assaulted along with a number of other um, peaceful protesters yes. uh, against the child sacrifice industry? Yep, yeah, well, it was the March for the Babies in uh, 2013. Uh, now, March for the Babies began, uh, first one was 20, uh, 2009, I'm sorry, and uh, that began um, just seconds after the vote was taken in the Victorian uh, Parliament to uh, make abortion legal until birth. And uh, I, I put my head down and I said, dear Lord, what do you want me to do now? Because I just about run out of ideas. And uh, the, the words came into my mind, march for the babies. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, fair enough. And the next year we had March for the Babies, the first one, and we've had it every year, every year since, including uh, virtual marches the last couple of years. But we will be back on the streets uh, in um, in October of uh, of this year. But in 2013, uh, it didn't start well. It ended even even worse. It was um, it was a very violent attack on on peaceful pro-lifers uh, by uh, by well, I think lunatics is probably the only way. Uh, you could describe them. And unfortunately, the police seem to be on their side. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. In fact, um, there were people at the front of Parliament in Melbourne being physically assaulted, people being kicked in the ribs. In fact, um, um, uh, Brian Kemper, who's a, a pro-lifer from the US, uh, you, you may know, one of, one of the great pro-lifers in the United States, uh, he went home with a couple of broken ribs. Um, other, other, another MP was assaulted. He was thrown to the ground and, and stomped on. Um, and I went up to the the, uh, the woman who was was in charge of the police that day, and I said, "For God's sake, will you do something? Please stop this." And she said, "Stop what?" That was their attitude that day. They were literally looking the other way. People were being assaulted in front of them, violently assaulted in front of them, and they looked the other way. Uh, and it was just one of the one of the worst days I think uh, uh, in the history of the Victoria Police Force. It was it was just just horrendous. And uh, we, we, we've managed to, uh, to come to, um, uh, I think, some reasonable agreements uh, after that to, as, to, as to how things go now. But, but oh, that was, that was just horrendous, just horrendous. And my, my, daughter, my daughter came home with a black eye. Um, you know, oh, she, was, she, was, she, was, she was 12, 11 or 12, and my she came goodness. home with a black eye. And, uh, you know, the, I, I, was, I was belted, um, 
by uh, by protesters. We had, a, we had a we had a big showdown um, in Flinders Street, uh, just near the um, near Swanson Street, near um, Flinders Street Station, uh, where uh, the, the the police would not move the protesters out of the way so that we could continue. So we we um, we had a standoff for must have been an hour or two, I suppose, uh, in in uh, Flinders Street. It was it was just horrendous, absolutely horrendous. I think I remember images from that day with uh, many of the protesters at the front of the march actually <coughs> kneeling on the street and praying uh, and being screamed at yes. demonically uh, yes. by by the the forces in favour of bloodlust uh, yep. in the street in the nation. Well, you've got to you've got to wonder. Uh, in fact, the only conclusion you can come to quite often is that the voices that you hear um, are not of this world. Uh, they are, uh, you know, and I, I recall Brian Kemper saying the same thing some years ago when they were trying to ban abortion in uh, Texas, and he said that the, the voices that were screaming in the in the in the Senate chamber, the state Senate chamber that day, he said they they were not of this world, wow. uh, and, and 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 it happens it happens quite often. It's it's yeah. quite extraordinary where these these vile voices uh, vile uh, voices come from. Um, yeah. But as I say, it's. Um, it's not. It's not something that uh, that I enjoyed, and I don't want to ever see it again. But yeah. uh, you, you've you've got to do what you've got to do. That's right. And, and I, I don't mean to um, hyperbolize or, or characterize the uh, caricature of the 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 people who were just politically uh, opposed to my point of view. Uh, I, I mean it accurately, and I mean it soberly. Uh, that this <clears throat> level of sociopathic homicidal bloodlust um, has to at least in part be frequently attributable to demonic inspiration mm, mm. Uh, I, I think it's I don't think there's any doubt about that at all I mean that's I just want to clarify I'm, I'm not being provocative I, mm. I'm actually being analytical about yep, this yep. and I, and I think you. that's the the most honest assessment I can I can have of um, of this now uh, my uh, summary uh, of of the reasons somebody in this modern era, uh, 200 years after we uh, abolished slavery in the Western world, um, why somebody in this modern era would still be so fanatically in favour of trampling fundamental human rights, of seeing uh, living humans as non-persons, as mere legal property, uh, there's two reasons, I think, and I think that it, all arguments and, and uh, diversity and colour in, in the debate reduces down to these two reasons. One is that somebody genuinely struggles with the concept that human life begins at fertilisation. Uh, they're maybe anti-science or maybe just uh, government educated, and that is that they don't know that 96% of biologists agree, uh, and that is a a, over 5,000 biologists were surveyed, and most of them were left-wing Democrats, pro-abortion um, people politically. And yet out of this uh, very fair and objective survey, I think it was 5,577 biologists from universities around the world, 96% of them agreed that every single human life begins at fertilisation. Mm. Now, that's a basic scientific fact. And, and that is dissonant with a lot of people's politics and philosophy, uh, and, and they, can't, they can't reconcile that, and so they revert to do their politics and reject the science, and, and they, they just don't know. And when they're confronted enough and educated enough with the realities of the science, then they inevitably soften, if not recant, their love for abortion. The second reason people are pro-abortion is because they know that that is a living human, a new, unique, living person, and they don't care. Yeah, That is the radical pro-abortion position. Yes. yes. And I don't know that there's anything culture can do to, uh, I, I don't know what hope there is for those people outside a uh, supernatural intervention and, and lots of prayer for their uh, their resensitization of their consciences. Well, that Dave is why we need laws to protect children, uh, because there are there is going to be a section of the community 
that will kill these children if there are no laws to stop them. It's as simple as that. Now, you know, the, the former group that you spoke of, I'd like to think that uh, that ignorance is a part of that, but but even they, yeah. I think, uh, know know what they're doing. Uh, that That's why um, people say, oh, look, it's, it's, a, it's a very hard decision. Well, you know, if, if it was a... If this was like getting a tooth out or, or, or having your, um, your your fingernails cut or something, uh, why would it be such a hard decision? It's a hard mm. decision because every abortion kills a baby and everybody yeah. knows that. Deep down, deep down, everybody knows that. Uh, and, mm. and that's something that, um, um, you know, we, we have to have institutionalised in the law uh, the protection for those children who would otherwise be killed. And, you know, the, the ways that they are killed uh, is, is horrendous. It is barbaric. Uh, it, is, it is demonic. Um, and I, I just cannot for the life of me understand how anybody in this day and age can look at you or can look at me, can look at anybody and say, life does not begin until birth. I mean, that is, that is just nonsense, just, just uh, plain stupidity. Uh, yes. You know, it, it's obvious. I mean, uh, every, every uh, obstetrician, treats two patients. Uh, you know, a, a baby and a mother have a, have a different blood supply, they have different organs, they have different... You know, it's, it's, it's obvious to everyone that the baby and the mother are two separate people. Uh, certainly, um, the, the baby is very much dependent uh, on the mother for, for nutrition and for protection. But yes. the fact of the matter is that the mum and the baby are two separate, individual, unique human beings. And every abortion kills one of those human beings, uh, and that that is that is a simple the simple fact of the matter. And you know the rights that we're talking about, they're not the rights to have an abortion; they're the rights to actually live. And you know, if you take away somebody's right to live, what other rights do they have? They're gone. They're gone. So you know, we we have yes. to stand up um, every every opportunity we get. In fact create opportunities when we can to, to stand up and to fight um, for, um, for babies. Uh, you know, it just, I, I, I carry it with me every day, the knowledge that right now, right now as we're speaking, a baby is being killed in Melbourne, in Sydney, in Brisbane, Adelaide, wherever, all over the place. Babies are being killed as we speak. And that, that is something that, that I really have a great deal of trouble living with. Yeah, I agree completely, Bernie. Uh, tell me, um, outside, something I like to encourage my audience to do is, is think beyond legislative <coughs> solutions. Uh, I'm a, a huge fan of micro government, small governments, that is uh, very, very decentralised and yes. uninterested in my yes. life. Um, and, and one of my big oppositions is government that thinks it's the solution to everything. Um, and so as a voter, I want to not think of government as the solution to everything. You're 100% right. There should be laws that protect. This is what government is for, protecting uh, the innocents, protecting people from third parties who would do them harm. That is a legitimate and God-ordained purpose for government. But thinking of how we can be part of solutions without needing government to do everything for us, what can we do to care for women uh, and reduce those push factors which might leave them in a position which more often than not leaves them feeling like they have no choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. You know, the, the, the argument is it's, it's a woman's choice, but the overwhelming number of women who've had abortions that I've spoken to have said to me, I had the abortion because I had no choice. So, you know, that, 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 that destroys the argument completely. Uh, as mm. far as I'm concerned. But there are a number of wonderful people right around this country uh, who put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources uh, into supporting these women. Uh, and uh, I'd suggest that you, uh, you know, your, your viewers find out uh, who these people are, where they are, contact them and, uh, and offer to help uh, because yeah. that, that's where we're going to turn uh, things around really uh, in, in terms of on-the-ground material, material um, uh, change uh, without, but, uh, um, without attempting to be exhaustive and, and thereby doing some uh, some of those organisations a disservice, uh, off the top of your head, can you think of, of one or two or three different organisations that people might be able to Google and, and find some yep. some support so that they feel like they have genuine choices and, yep. and well, other options? Yeah, well, there's one that um, I, I think is just sensational. It's the Babes Project. 
Um, in fact, we uh, some years ago, uh, Helen Parker, the founder of the Babes Project, is now an Order of Australia for her work in this regard. Um, she, um, um, she, uh, we, we went on the road speaking at various places around the uh, around the state and indeed interstate as well. And uh, we decided we would call our um, our roadshow uh, Bernie and the Babes. Uh, so we, we did that, and uh, it was it was it was uh, you know a really um, a really great experience. Uh, well, for me, I, I think for Helen as well, but certainly uh, certainly um, for me. Uh, but the Babes Project uh, is based in um, in Croydon, uh, and they are just sensational. There is another one down in Frankston. Um, I'm not sure. I think the Babes Project are in Frankston, but there's certainly a uh, another pregnancy support um, and. Uh, uh, pregnancy support group in in uh, Frankston and there's also one I believe in Geelong um, in most places there is there is at least two or three people who go out of their way um, to help women who are in trouble yeah uh, and that's you know a lot of women all they want is a bit of love a bit of respect and a bit of help uh, yeah. they don't want to kill their children that's they don't right want to kill their children and yeah. um, you know if we can provide that that love that support and and that respect, um, they won't. And yeah, I mean, I, right. I know myself, you know, having having been uh, outside of mortuaries uh, over the years, that uh, you know there are at least three or four uh, babies that that were born who otherwise would have been ripped to pieces because I was I was there and I offered that support um, outside the, the abortuary. But of course, mm. now that's illegal. You, you can go to jail for doing that in Victoria now. That's that's right. It's it's reprehensible, and there's many states, Queensland, Tasmania, uh, ACT, where those laws are duplicated, making it illegal to even pray silently yep, that's right. within 150 right. meters yep. of yep. a uh, abortuary, as you call it, an abortion clinic. Mm. Um, one of the things I think it's very important is that <laughs> we figure out how we become pro woman, pro baby. Uh, and, and I think there's some simple things we can do culturally, uh, and that is, you know, if you're a viewer, somebody tells you they're pregnant, make sure the first thing you always say is congratulations. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Make sure the first thing you always say is congratulations and smile, and um, and whether or it's good news or not for them, make sure you say congratulations. That's wonderful. And can I encourage you to also then say, how can I help? How can I support you during this time? Uh, and you might be surprised how little it takes to change uh, a, an abortion vulnerable woman from feeling totally alone to feeling hope and, and feeling like there's some support. And, and can I also say in churches, it's really important as we promote morality and sexual purity and God's plan and design for sex and gender, uh, that we make sure we also don't create an environment which nurtures fear of failing, uh, an unhealthy fear of failing. Obviously, we don't want people to fail morally, um, but we want them to know that if that time happens, A, they're not the first person in human history, and B, they will still be loved and accepted unconditionally, welcomed and celebrated with, with this new life in your congregation. Uh, it's very important that we aren't part of the problem. Dave, I think it's really important for parents in particular to let their, their daughters know, uh, but their sons as well, well that said. if they find themselves in that situation, that you will support them, that yes. you will help them, that you will not um, uh, be, be angry, you will not, uh, you might be disappointed, sure, but, but you know, don't be angry, offer every help, every support, because yep. what you're talking about is the life of your grandchild. Uh, because if the abortion, if, if an abortion were to occur, you'll, it's your grandchild um, that, that's yeah. being killed. And, and I remember years ago, um, outside the uh, the Wainer abortion, as it then was in East Melbourne, um, seeing a girl coming along. She was probably about I don't know, sixteen, I suppose. And um, she was she, she. You could tell just by looking at her that she didn't want to be there. And she was with a woman um, of of uh, a certain age, uh, who I, I assume was her mother. Uh, and I, I stepped to order and I said, you don't have to do this. Um, we can help. And with that, and she, she stepped toward me and to take the material and, and to talk to me. With that, her mother grabbed her by the arm and said, come on, you're coming with me. 
and dragged it through the door uh, of the of the abortery, the gate of the abortery. And I will yeah. never forget, if I live to be 300, I will never forget the look on that girl's face as, she, as her mother dragged her through the gate to kill her baby. Wow. Um, and, you know, that is, that is something, that is something none of us can allow to happen again, you know. Yeah. To have, yeah. To have a mother force her daughter to kill her granddaughter, uh, I mean, that, that is just the most perverse thing of all, perhaps. Uh, it is. It is. Um, it is terrible. And, and, you know, this is uh, a common story for uh, abortion vulnerable women, that is, they're yeah. not making this choice out of callousness or some uh, promiscuous contraception extremism, um, but they're usually facing domestic violence, domestic abuse like this, either from parents or from partners. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Dave, uh, and, I have to say, you know, even, even all these years later, and it would be probably, I know, 30 or 35 years later, um, I often think of, of that girl and how she ended up and, and uh, say a quiet prayer for her. Uh, and, I, and I really hope that, um, you know, it, it didn't destroy her life, um, mm. that uh, she, she was able to, to recover from, from what, um, what her mother did to her. Yeah, it is, it is uh, terrible. Well, we've seen um, trigger laws now fall into place across America, essentially mm. pieces of legislation, uh, not across America, but a handful of states. Yeah, in well, America. it's, it's actually a little bit more than a handful now, which is, which is really exciting. It is exciting. Um, and, and this is ultimately what the Constitution envisaged, if anything. Uh, and, and that is uh, the, the, the right to choice. The Constitution envisaged pro-choice um, protections for the state's rights, for the mm, states yes. to represent yes. their constituencies, yes. their voters, and that if a people, a majority of people in any given state said, no, we will uh, sanctify life or God has sanctified life, we will rec recognise its sanctity and we will protect it and our state will be a safe place for everyone from the moment of fertilisation and conception, mm. Um, then that is something the Constitution envisaged protecting. Uh, and a whole number of, of states, are, are we over 20 yet, Bernie? But I'm sure we're well, over we 10. Must be, we must be getting very close. And there are a number of towns too, a number of cities, who have declared themselves uh, abortion-free zones. Uh, right. And, and that, that is just uh, just so special for that, uh, for that to happen. But, you know, we have just off the top of my head, and I was looking at it this morning, we have um, uh, Texas, uh, which has banned abortion, uh, we have uh, Mississippi, Alabama, I think Arkansas, yeah. um, Utah. Was Oklahoma. it Arkansas where the protesters were storming the state capitol? Yeah, well, look, that, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, you, you've got to realise these people are prepared to... I, I remember it was, it was some government building where most of the legislators would have been carrying sidearms at the very least. And yeah. I thought, that's brave. <laughs> It's not. It's not going to go down quite as well for them as, 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 somebody, uh, as somebody said. As somebody said to me last year, they should be careful of a civil war because we've got the guns. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, look, uh, I, I think it's it's really sad to see these people carrying on the way they are uh, across uh, across America. But you've got to realise these are people who see nothing wrong with killing babies. Right. And if you think if you think there's nothing wrong with killing a baby, is there anything you won't do? That's right. Is there anything you won't do? So That's you know, right. to, to yeah. see them running amok in the streets, it's not surprising in any way, not yeah, at all. Indeed. Well, Bernie, uh, let's talk about uh, the upcoming Fed, uh, the, not federal election. We just had one of those. The upcoming uh, Victorian election. That. <laughs> uh, the upcoming Victorian election. Uh, we've seen a swathe of of uh, incumbent MPs and front benches in in the uh, Victorian Labor Party quit. Um, yes. are, are these people just fat, got enough from the trough, happy to retire comfortably, don't need to work too hard at another election, or are they sensing a sinking ship? I think there's a lot of them that have had enough, and uh, I can think of, well, of two ministers in particular that have told me as much. Uh, they've had enough of Andrews, they've had enough of his bullying and carrying on. Um, but there are others, of, of, apparently, um, for, for the uh, for the honour of having honourable in front of their name and a car and a driver, um, but they are prepared to put up with that. Uh, look, it, it's the Andrews government is the worst government in the history of this state. 
uh, in the history, possibly in the history of Australia. But I'll, I'll, I'll give it the I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt at the moment and say that it's the worst government. I don't think it's a stretch, but uh, good to be restrained. Yeah, indeed, always, always. Um, but uh, you know, I I think that um, there are there are some um, who are just so glad to get out. Uh, they've, they've taken the opportunity. Um, they've all done it together, and uh, you know, I look at James Molino, Martin Pakula, uh, people like that who um, uh, are just um, um, just uh, well, they've they've had enough. They've had enough, yep. Uh, yep. and and I, you know, who can blame them? Um, you know, I, I ask that question: Who can blame them? But you know, now you've you've got uh, some real uh, real nutters in as ministers, people like Marianne Thomas, uh, who some years ago said um, uh, I should be. Uh, uh, ineligible to be in Parliament because I'm pro-life. Uh, we have people like wow. Harriet, Harriet oh, Shing. She said of you, right. Yeah, I thought she was saying that of yeah. herself. I'm like, that doesn't ring true. No, 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 she said, she said that of me. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we have Harriet Shing, uh, who was married to the uh, the Chief of Staff of the of the, uh, of the the Premier, uh, and um, they live together with their, their goat and so forth uh, down in Gippsland somewhere. Uh, and she's been overlooked every time. For, for a ministerial spot until yep. now. So they must be getting pretty desperate. That's the only thing I can say. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it is a government that is um, light on t in talent. It was light on in talent before. It's particularly light on in talent now. Uh, very, very, very much so. And uh, we're going to see, I mean, the new minister, the new minister for health, um, she, she hasn't got a clue. This, this is the woman who said I should be, um, uh, I, I should be uh, banned from being in parliament because of my views on politics. Perhaps she'd been talking to Matthew Guy. Who would know? Who would know? Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's just, um, it, it's not it's not a great thing um, for uh, for Victoria uh, and for people in Victoria to, um, to uh, uh, expect what's coming. Speaking of light on talent, uh, there can't be much depth to the political calibre of uh, Liberal MPs if they're returning to Matthew Guy as their leader. Yep, yep. Well, look, you know, there's a... And I, look, I, I don't want to bag my former colleagues, but unfortunately I have to. Most of them, most of them, the overwhelming majority of them, in fact, only want to win. They don't care how they win. They don't care what they have to say or do to win. They just want to win. They don't, the only thing that they believe in is their own destiny. And Matthew Guy is a classic example of that. The only thing that he believes in is his future as Premier. And he will say anything, do anything, and it will do anything. We've seen that uh, to, to get where he wants to go. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a really, really difficult time um, for Victorians. I mean, yes, certainly I'll be voting DLP, but where do my preferences go? You know, yeah. that, that's, that's, the next, that's the next big question. Uh, and you that, mean that your is, preference recommendations, don't you, Bernie? Well, yeah, and it's going to be really difficult to to decide where those preferences um, should be recommended because both yeah. sides are shocking. They, right. they, are, they are just appalling. And I don't see a great deal of difference yeah. uh, between um, uh, between either side at the minute. And, and I, you know, that, that, to my way of thinking, is a, uh, a dreadful thing. I, uh, I do have to put a caveat in here. I'm, I and, and Bernie with me are agreeing on on broad sweeping statements about the very low calibre of most Liberal MPs right now. But he and I both know Liberal MPs, incumbent in Victoria, uh, who are high calibre. And um, they're not many and they're not enough, um, but it reiterates what we said at the top of the show, and that is that you, you really can't be rusted on or rusted off. You have to make an assessment uh, in your local electorate on whose names are on that, that ballot um, because just a blind vote against a certain party is nearly as stupid as a blind vote for a yes, certain party. Yes, uh, yes. So let's make sure we reward and support. Because if Bernie was still in the Liberal Party, I would 100% be saying he's the best man for the job on that ballot if his name's on your ballot. So um, make sure you, you go to the effort. We will be doing a uh, live Victorian election panel again that night, just like we did for... Uh, the federal election. Bernie, hopefully you'll be available for uh, some or all of that. Yeah, I look um, forward to that. That'll be good. Un understanding, of course, you're leading one of the minor parties there, so you may have other commitments that night. Um, but 
uh, yeah, uh, just just a little caveat on the on the punching bag that we're doing for the Victorian Liberal and Labor Party right yeah, now. Dave, Dave, could I, I, I just agree with you. Uh, you know, there are some some sensational people in the Victorian Liberal Party, uh, some great people. There's just not enough of them. Uh, and and, that is, and it's it's that, often that the case that some of those should be the leader of the Victorian Liberal yeah, Party. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can um, I can think of I can think of two or three off the top of my head that should be leading the party. Leading the you Liberal Party. Can you name those for me right now? No, because <laughs> okay. that would be the that would be the end of them. If I if I endorse them, that would the be the end death. of them. Uh, the and I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to them. Uh, yep. But they are really good. They're really good and strong people. Um, yeah. and, and certainly uh, significantly better than what the Liberal Party has at its leadership now. Yeah, brilliant. Um, okay, so let's talk the DLP. We've got uh, yeah. maybe 10 minutes left. Uh, what makes the DLP, the, what's ostensibly a left-wing party, or at least it was in the 50s, um, what makes the DLP the standout party of choice, you think, for right-thinking voters in Victoria at the upcoming Victorian election? Well, I was told many years ago that the, the best form of, uh, of government is a good Labor government. The worst form is a bad Labor government. Now, the DLP <laughs> represent everything that's good about the Labor Party. The, the, the DLP is, in fact, the old Labor Party prior to, to 1955. And, in fact, according to the Victorian Supreme Court, continues to be the real um, Victorian branch of the Australian Labor Party. So we are, the DLP is the real Labor Party, but in no way left-wing, no way left-wing. We are a, a conservative Labor Party in much the same way uh, that uh, the, the Labor Party prior to 1955 split was a, was a conservative Labor Party. Uh, yes, we fight for the workers, absolutely, uh, but we also fight for small business. Uh, we fight for, for farmers. We fight for families. Uh, you know, we, we fight for, 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 for kids in schools. Um, these are things that, that we hold as, as, as sacred. Uh, these are things that are, are basically so important to what we believe in. We are never going to walk away um, from, from these principles. And uh, just as our, our predecessors back in 1955 um, sacrificed so much uh, to walk out of the ALP or the Labor Party, um, we, we now... Uh, are prepared to do the same thing. They, they, their inspiration continues uh, to this very day. Um, and you know, I, I remember um, uh, people like Frank McManus and and Stan Keon and uh, and people that I knew many years ago and in, in uh, when I was much younger. Uh, and they, they, they are great people. They were great people. And uh, they, the, the spirit um, of Keon and McManus and Dowling and and. Uh, even Vince Gare for the for the Queenslanders, um, that that continues uh, that continues today. And uh, you know, you know that if the DLP says it believes in something, you know you can take that to the bank, because that is you know we, we've got a, a track record that is second to none in fighting and delivering when we can on those promises and those principles um, that we believe in. So you know, we 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 are all about fighting for those things which are important to i suppose the um the the the, the blue the blue blue collar um conservatives if you like um to to, to yeah. working the working people um who you know they, they may go to church um they, they've got a mortgage uh, they've got three or four kids uh they're paying off their cars they you know all all the rest of it you know they are they are what what i suppose might have been called a few years ago howard's battlers um, yes. These people are very much the, the people um, of the DLP and who should be voting for the DLP. Now, what do you think are your... Let, let's um, just uh, stipulate that abortion may not be a top of, of uh, mind issue for most Victorians. Um, what, therefore, let, let's, call, um, let's call it a fringe issue, affectionately, not pejoratively, what mainstream issues is the DLP uh, proposing to campaign on in this coming election by by which it uh, means to attract a, a larger percentage of the voter base? Yeah, well, one, one of the biggest issues that I can see, and I moved a motion about this in Parliament uh, last week, but unfortunately was defeated, uh, is the child abuse that's going on uh, in, our, um, in our classrooms, uh, where, you know, recently um, I had a, had a parent 
uh, approached me from a local school um, who was devastated. Uh, and she actually took her, uh, her daughter out of school. She told me about her 10-year-old daughter um, who came home deeply distressed, very, very distressed, went straight to her room, wouldn't speak to anybody. And it wasn't until much later in the evening when mum finally said, look, I've, I've got to find out what's going on here, that she, she went to, um, uh, to her daughter and said, what's going on? And she found out, she found out that as a result of the class that she had been in that day, she was told as her homework to go home and speak to her father about his erections and his ejaculations. Goodness. Now, this is the sort of stuff that is going on in classrooms all over the state. Uh, this is this is turning kids uh, in, into um, uh, in, into uh, almost zombies. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the amount of, of mental health issues that we have amongst kids in Victoria is phenomenal. And this stuff is driving it. This stuff is yeah. driving it. I mean, could you imagine? I, I, I have three daughters. I could not imagine any of them coming home and, and wanting to discuss that with me. Of course um, not. I mean, could you, could you possibly imagine um, that, that, that anybody would be expected, any kid would be expected to go home and talk about that sort of stuff? Now, that, that is going on all over the state. Um, Bernie, how, how viable is yeah. it for a parent who has a, with a child who has an experience like that, how viable is it? to take a restraining order out against that teacher so that that teacher is never allowed near your child ever again and to furthermore make a police complaint uh, about predatory sexual grooming of your child by this teacher and getting an investigation started. Is, is, that, is that not uh, a, a viable recourse here? I mean, obviously, obviously the government should be making sure teachers know they won't be safe if they talk like this with children. Um, yeah. That's ideal, and DLP, thank you for prosecuting that in the parliament. But down to the micro level, I mean, would the police take the complaint? Would the, well, the court I, issue a restraining well, I, should, I should point out. I should point out that the minister got back to me when I raised it in parliament. The minister got back to me and he said, it's a part of the curriculum, don't worry about it. Uh, so, you know, what, what, what do we do? This, this, is, this is Victoria um, under the despot. Uh, and, and it's just it's just absolutely extraordinary. And I look, I mm -hmm. think taking out restraining orders uh, and all that sort of stuff would be would be great for somebody who's uh, who's educated or, or um, uh, perhaps has some experience in the law. Um, that would be a very good thing. But for the majority of people who are just mums and dads, um, you know, they're they're they're, they're working, they're, they're trying to keep um, body and soul together. For most of them, it would be beyond them. Um, they wouldn't know what to do. Uh, and uh, they, they're, they're stuck with this situation. And, uh, you know, kids are being um, uh, being told that um, they're, they're boys when they're girls and, and all the rest of it. And, you know, this is creating mm -hmm. major mental problems um, for these kids. And then and then finish it off, they're told they're all going to die because of climate change. So, you know, not, not only are they, are they gender uh, confused, but they're, they're also convinced that they're going to die. Uh, and, you know, the schools in Victoria are teaching this stuff on a daily basis. This is playing with the minds of Victorian kids in a way that I wouldn't have thought possible. That, yeah. I think, is the biggest issue uh, in this election coming up because we have to protect those kids from their own teachers, yeah, from their correct. own government. You know, yeah. it, is, it is diabolical. Dave, it is diabolical. It uh, is. happening in the state. It is, it's, uh, and it's an emergency. It's far more of a real emergency than uh, a Chinese respiratory virus with a 99.9997% survival and, rate is. Um, I guarantee you, guarantee you, there's far less than 99% of children surviving this abuse in their schools. Yeah. Um, and certainly, certainly far, far more of an emergency than any climate emergency, which doesn't exist. So exactly. uh, you know, people people should be aware of what's going on. They should be aware um, of what their children are being exposed to, and what it is doing to them. I mean, this. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine um, what it would have done to me um, if if I'd been exposed to this when I was at school. Uh, thankfully, yeah. I wasn't. Uh, but 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 my kids are, uh, and and it's just it's just diabolical um, yeah. that that a government would force this sort of stuff. Uh, on uh, on kids, and, and I'm not just talking about secondary school kids. I'm talking about primary school kids. You know, this yeah. the, the girl that I referred to 
She was 10 years old. She was in primary school. What a horror. This this is something something that's happening in Victoria on a daily basis and it has to stop. Uh, I'm just going to throw a um, a grenade into a a future conversation Um, and, and that is I think the emergency is so acute that Christians, churches, we need to start thinking at the very least about homeschooling but also about the very beginnings of the Christian legacy of of education, and that is how do we offer free education, not premium education for a fee, but free education to save this generation and this emerging generation uh, from the corruption, perversion and abuse which is government education. it's it's such a I'm talking we need a revolution on Christian schooling. It's not the school it shouldn't be the option that costs you three, five, ten, twenty grand a year. It should yeah. be the free option for the people that are most vulnerable and most at hurt because that is the mission of charity um, that God has placed on the yeah. church to redeem and society. The the other way of doing things is a voucher system whereby you give a voucher well, that's to great public parents, policy that's great they public go, policy. they go to the school uh, that they want to go to if they yep. if they're not happy with it with a state school they go to a, a christian school or a catholic school or wherever they want to go yep. um, <clears throat> and it's up to them it's, it's their decision see the ultimate in choice uh, in education so you know a voucher system is something that i have um, been supportive of uh, uh, for a very long time and i think it's um, given what's happening in, in most of the state schools if not all of the state schools in victoria right now I think mm. it uh, it could be the answer to uh, to a prayer, if I could say that. Uh, fantastic, I, I fantastic policy, uh, fantastic policy. I I 100% endorse that. I'm not sure if there's details which are a problem. Um, in 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 obviously, I haven't read your policy on this, but as a principle, um, I've thought about this a lot, researched it a lot, and the voucher system is is I think cream of the crop. Yeah. The other thing, of course, is that Christians and church people and Muslims, I might say, have to get out there and vote and make sure yes. that they defeat the Andrews government in November. Now, yes. uh, in doing that, they also have to make sure that liberals know why they're voting the way they are, because there's a lot of people uh, in the west and the north of Melbourne um, who just automatically vote Labor, automatically yep. vote for the ALP. Well, don't do that this time. You know, yes. vote for a party that is going to look after your kids, that's going to protect your kids. Do not allow this abuse to continue. If Correct. you vote for a party that is going to continue this abuse, you only have yourself to blame. You yep. are responsible for, for what you do and you will be responsible for the abuse that your kids suffer um, if this government gets back in. Yeah, well said, Bernie. There's a lot for us to keep talking about and, a lot, and I hope a lot for us to work on together uh, this year. Um, don't go away. We will uh, have a private chat offline uh, mm. after I sign off and, and say good night to everyone. But um, to the viewer, um, Bernie Finn is an example of the type of politician that uh, I want to make it my mission in life to get support for. Um, I could stand for politics and be another one of the great guys that are, are standing for politics, not to put tickets on myself, but when, when I'm asked, why don't you stand, it's because my mission is to get support behind people like Bernie. Um, and, and they need an army behind them. It's not good enough for them to be great, high-caliber statesmen with right thinking and a humility submitted before God. They need an army of voters, volunteers, and donors behind them as well. And if not Bernie, somebody else. He might not be on your ballot paper. Uh, but you need to find these good people, whether they're in a major party or a minor party, and you need to make sure that this is what our parliaments are stuffed with. If you're a member of the major party, you have an opportunity to weed out the trash before you even get to the election and pre-select good, right-thinking men and women um, to do that. This is what participation is about. Never, ever, ever again should this living generation be content to leave politics to other people we have to get involved and it's going to take prayers, actions, donations, volunteering, as well as your important, carefully considered vote on election day. So, Bernie, thank you uh, very much for joining me on the show today. Uh, and, great, great pleasure, um, David. Really, really a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Michael. Prayer, having prayer, you. Can I just say one last thing? Prayer and action is an unbeatable combination. Correct, correct. I, I cannot stand it when people say prayer is enough by itself. No, it really isn't. No, it's not. Um, it God works good. through us. God Absolutely works through us. he does. Uh, and there's a very good scriptures to back that up, that uh, faith alone isn't enough. It also requires um, the reason we were called to partner with God in this mission. Thank you for watching the, this episode of Pello Talk on the Good Source channel. If you would like to become a partner, head to the website goodsource.news and just click on the donate button. Uh, you can also make sure you sign up to our newsletters, although I've been a little bit unwell this past few weeks, so haven't gone out. Apologies for that. Hopefully we'll get back into it by Wednesday this week. Um, but uh, sign up there. Everything's free. Nothing's um, behind a paywall at all. And, um, and that's thanks to people like the Good Source supporters who are just putting their hand in their pocket for $5, 10 20 $50 a month and uh, helping us to continue this work. We're growing, um, we're getting staff, and we're trying to do as much as we can. Uh, certainly, voter education is an urgent need in this nation. Never before has there been so much misinformation and lack of information, low information uh, amongst people who think right uh, and then can't quite engage that into an effective outcome. Um, and that's exactly what we're doing here. So if that's important to you, please consider being a part of that, whether you do that with dollars or just sharing the content on your social media channels, <coughs> subscribing to the newsletter, et cetera. Um, so that's, that's a, a very helpful thing to do. And um, that's it for this episode. Make sure you share it, and we will see you in the next episode. Today, we need a special kind of courage. Not the kind needed in battle, but a kind which makes us stand up for everything that we know is right, everything that is true and honest. We need the kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the cynics, so that we can show the world that we are not afraid of the future.